Hi, I'm Laura Boswell. And I'm Peter Keegan, and we have the talented Mr B on sound. So, do you want to take the leap and become a working artist? The sort that actually gets to make art and pay the bills at the same time. We're both that sort of artist, and we're going to help you become one too. Consistency in pricing your artwork is absolutely essential if you wish to be taken seriously in the art world. However, that doesn't mean to say that everything you produce has to be priced the same. By offering a range of price points, you'll not only increase the number of sales, but quite possibly your audience too. Today we're going to be discussing the seemingly embarrassing topic of pricing your work <laughs> and pricing it at different price points. So Laura, do you offer a range of price points for your beautiful prints? I certainly do. And I always have, actually, because they vary in size, in complexity, in technique. And also my prices change as I sort of older work is, is not as expensive as, as newer work and, and various things like that. So there's there are um, quite a lot of different price points in my work. And then there are things like greetings cards. Um, course, which is yeah. something entirely different. So yes, if I am at any show, fair or gallery, there will be a range of prices for my work. Do you have like a bargain bin where you just sell stuff for cheap and get rid of it? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that's that's a really good question because it's something that I get asked quite a lot about whether you should ever have a sale mm. um, as an artist because I know that there are different schools of thought on this and some people think, well, you should never, ever have a sale because it's it's not good for your reputation. What the way around it that I've done is when I done open studios in the past, not every year, but occasionally I would, I would open what I called a thrift store. And what I did was I had, I used, we've got a little summer house in the garden, which sounds a bit fancier than it is, uh, shed with windows would be more accurate. <laughs> um, and what we did was we turned that into a little shop where everything was, um, it was, it was framed work, but what we did was we sold it for just the price of the print. So you got right. a free frame. So mm -hmm. rather than knock the money off the print, what we did was we made it considerably uh, cheaper by just not factoring in the cost of the frame. And what so type of work way, was what work was in so those frames? So this was older work. This was okay. uh, older work that I'd already shown around the place. It had been in galleries. It had been at fairs. And I couldn't really keep bringing it out because I think, you know, as we've discussed in the past, galleries and things you want to be moving forward but you might still have work that's still good to sell but everybody's kind of seen mm. so um yeah so i'd had this thrift store with frames go free was the catchphrase and it worked really well actually it was great because people loved it because they felt they were getting a bargain i loved it because it was a sort of fairly classy way of doing it it wasn't the pictures weren't with my main show. They were mm. tucked off to the side. So people could go and have a rummage without feeling that they were sort of being embarrassing or anything like that. So, yeah, that's the way I got around. And you, you must have, like, cleared the backlog as well of all this stuff, mm. this yeah, old stock. You effective. kind of cleared it. Yeah, mm. yeah. No, I've, so done, I've done a similar thing as well. I've, I have, I tend to sort of keep my pricing kind of relative, relatively consistent and I yeah. have a pricing bucket and sort of guide for the Bespoke Commission portraiture work. Mm. But then um, here at Claydon Estate, we've often had a few kind of Christmas uh, special invitation only evening fairs. And it's, I found that a really op good opportunity where I've laid out a few tables and I've looked through some of my kind of sketchbook work mm. and some of my studies that I've done as teaching or as demonstrations. And I found the ones I think 
you know, are, are, you know, nice, but they didn't quite make the cut to be put in the frame yeah, on the wall. Sure. And I've sort of laid those out, works on paper or canvas board, and sort of offered those for sale, at, you know, at a much sort of, you know, reduced cost because they've not been put in a frame. And mm-hmm. of course, people love them. They kind of love rifling through. I always found yes. it really infuriating as well that sometimes they'd love that painting more than the one that was on the wall <laughs> that I chose out to be the best. And they, yeah. they, they love that one there. And I always thought, yeah. well, hang on, that's not as good as that. But you have you to kind of let that go. You always have to accept that. That kind of comes with the territory, doesn't it? But yeah. I think that that's... But what you've done and kind of what I was doing as well is that you're not devaluing your artwork by, by doing that. You're just saying this is a different thing. Mm. And because it's different, it's, it's a different price. So I think, you know, you have to be a little bit careful about how you do it. So if you're thinking about, you know, do you offer multiple price points for your mm. work? A good place to start is to think about who will be buying your work. Yeah. And it, it's all, we all have this dream, don't we, of, of, of the buyer coming in with all the money that, that they own and, and buying and spending and collecting your work. And, mm. and, you know, they don't quibble on price at all. You know, that's who we'd love to sell to constantly. But in reality, there is a wide spectrum of, of buyers and collectors out there, people who have got a lot of disposable income and those that, you know, every little uh, penny they save, you know, may go to something that mm. you've produced, but unlikely won't. So, by thinking about your collectors, think about what you can provide them to sort of suit a variety yeah. of price points. I think you're right. And I think that um, it's really important to have a range of prices too, because it piques the buyer's interest as mm. well. And they they go around and they, they, they're sort of looking at the different prices and thinking about what they're getting for that and, and things like that. So it kind of pulls people in. And, and keeps them interested as well. So it has that kind of benefit. It's um, also to remember as well that, you know, a young first time buyer, for example, not that they necessarily need to be young, but a first time buyer, they may not be able to afford your more costly work, which is you know perfectly fine and understandable. Mm. But if you offer them something smaller or something more affordable to their means then they are still able to support you. They are still able to buy something from you. And you never know one day, they may have a higher budget. Oh, they, absolutely. You know, they, 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 they were kind of, mm. they, they bought some of your early work, mm. your more affordable work. Yeah. They could be a long-term buyer, an investor, a supporter, oh, yeah. a collector as, as they develop and as you develop as well. So it's, it's, I think it's really important to, you know, don't just focus on the big fish. You've got to look at the little fish as well. Oh, I always make sure that I have browser prints or small prints. And, you know, they're, actually they're among my favourite sales, those. It may just be a small sale of a little print but watching someone buy their first proper artwork is just Mm. amazing and yeah I've had people who have returned to buy bigger stuff also if you have smaller stuff like that on on sale you catch the market of people who never intended to buy any artwork and were just passing and they had a look and you know there's something they can pop in their bag and take and so you know having those those lower price points is a really really good idea i think Uh, they call that impulse sales i think in the trade don't they absolutely so peter let's get some color into this podcast so a couple of weeks ago we shared the exciting news that the podcast is now sponsored by the color master himself michael harding Laura and I were lucky enough to visit Michael and his team at his colour mill to see up close why his paints are considered the finest in the world. That podcast interview is now one of our most listened to episodes and if you haven't already it really is well worth a listen. 
It certainly is. And to celebrate this partnership, we're going to give you the opportunity to win over £250 worth of Michael Harding oil paints for you to play with in your own studio. To be in with a chance of getting your hands on these fabulous colours, simply visit our Instagram page at Ask an Artist Podcast and follow the instructions. And if you'd like to find out more information about Michael Harding's paints, visit his website at michaelharding.co.uk. We'll be picking the lucky winner on Monday the 3rd of August and all the full details are on our website, askanartistpodcast.com and on our Instagram page. Now we've had our colour fix, let's get back to working out those price points. So think about the type of work that you can offer. So if you have, you know, your main form of artwork, that, that's sort of the main bit, of course, you'd like to sell. But there, of course, there's so many different ways that you can offer kind of more cost effective versions of those. So then you've got kind of, is it a Gickly sort of prints, the sort of the, the photo digital uh, sort of copies of, of bigger paintings that you could offer, um, which whether you can sign or hand embellish, mm. as long as, you, of course, you're selling it as a, it's a reproduction of the original mm. and making that very clear, you can make that more cost effective. I think you mentioned things like... Um, you know, mentioned greetings cards, which in themselves can be a form of, you know, someone investing and in, some people are very open, aren't, aren't they, with you where they yeah. buy the card to stick in a frame to stick on oh, their wall. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, it, that that one about the, the Gicle prints is a really interesting one because I know that for painters, that's often a practical way mm. of selling work where the original might be too expensive. I mean, as a printmaker, because I'm making multiples, I only ever sell originals, but that's, that's you know, that's common to printmakers, but that's mm. something we, we'll probably get into on a different episode. But mm. certainly, greetings cards, and as we said in our greetings cards episode, they're often a gateway into owning a, an yeah. original as well. So that, you know, it's not a bad thing. Thing is about most people who visit a show or a, a gallery or something, they like a little something to take mm. away. Yeah, and of course it's it's good marketing to do that. So the other thing I do is is sketches. So I'm you know I like sketch sketching and scribbling with pencil mm. and charcoal, and I will sometimes offer those as kind of little studies. I'll look through my sketchbook and cut little bits mm. out, and suddenly mm. if you pop that in a little mount, suddenly that becomes a really lovely little product that you can see on the yeah, frame. That's, and that's actually cost that something. Down. That's actually something that I'm thinking about because I've I've recently started doing little watercolor sketches and, and mm. things like that, and I'm thinking about maybe doing a few of those um, to produce as an aid for my printing, but also mm. to sell as well. So that's that's a, that's always quite. It doesn't have to be a sort of superbly finished picture each time. Or well, so, sometimes I think you know people there are there's there's some collectors and buyers out there they do like the rough around the edges emerging you know fumbling works of art that aren't refined and polished but they are kind of through discovery they are becoming the the the, the bigger greater thing some people like that behind the scenes stuff yeah Mm. i really like that i'm i mean i don't know if it's because i'm a printmaker and i just like works on paper but i'm always drawn to rambly sketches and rough mm. edges and things like that. I quite like that myself. But also, um, the more things like that and the more diverse the range of, of, of prices and the more you sell, of course, the more artwork and the more your brand is getting out into the world, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The more your artwork is out on people's walls and mantelpieces and around people's necks and wherever they're wearing and, and displaying your mm. artwork, then the more chance that you'll be finding new customers because, you know, a, a good loyal customer, irrespective of how much they spent, is your best form of marketing. They are sort of an ambassador for you. And if they go out and sharing and, and showing off what they've got of yours, 
no matter what size or price they spent on it. If they're proud and happy with their purchase, they will tell other people, look what I've got. Oh, I've managed to get will. this. And of course, that's, yeah. that's wonderful marketing for you that other people are hearing about you and your work. I think so. And that all ties in with previous episodes where we've discussed that whole purchasing experience where the person who's buying your art goes off with a great story to tell about you, the artist. Mm. So again, people who buy art, it's it's not a quiet thing. They like to talk about it. They like to discuss why they've chosen something, things like that. And of course, that's all good marketing for you. Yeah, it often describes it's like, you know, if you go fishing, if you've got one fishing rod and you put the fishing line out in the lake, you're only going to catch one fish. Whereas if you Mm. take three or four fishing lines and you cast them all out, you've got a greater chance of catching more fish. And it's the same by offering those different price points. You've got the middle or the higher, the lower. You you may get a wider range of a catch as opposed to just that one narrow catch. Yeah, absolutely. So the other thing is to think about kind of the, the, the psychology of, of the way people uh, shop and offering that kind of price range. Because at the moment we've talked about kind of, you know, offering more affordable. But then it's also to have in mind, what is your top end price? Mm. What's your top piece of work that you kind of put your highest uh, price and bracket? Because I think, I mean, I certainly do is I like to kind of know what's the maximum, what's the maximum this artist is uh, able to um, uh, get for, for, for a painting, for example. I want mm. to know that what the smaller paintings or middle paintings could kind of reach to over a period of time. Yeah, that's I the, like to that see aspirational, that kind of the yeah. sort of aspirational piece that's, mm. you know, maybe out of most people's normal price bracket or whatever, mm. but it's it's important to have have that there. I mean, you will occasionally, if you're lucky, get that buyer in who wants the best and the yeah. best is the most expensive and that's the one they're having. I know that can certainly happen. So, um, but then what it what what that that large aspirational piece is it does a couple of things because it kind of shows you kind of mm. what the top bracket that that you can potentially make as an artist. But then of course it makes your kind of middle area of work your kind of middle more a middle price pieces. They don't. It makes them seem a little cheaper because they're not oh, quite yeah, at that sort of higher sure. bracket. Um, and I kind of did some looking into this as well. That, that there seems to be, the, and I've I adopted it in my own studio, mm. where that if you got say you have ten works of art, ten pieces, yeah. I adopt this thing where if I have one one painting, ten percent of my paintings as my top end piece, and that's a big showy offy statement painting, as I kind of like to call them, one that's very mm. unlikely to sell, but it's one that really kind of makes the message and really conveys what yeah, I'm trying to say as an artist. Piece, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then the 60% of the rest of the paintings, so the six of the paintings are my kind of mid-range paintings, the ones that I really kind of want to sell uh, at my middle bracket price. Mm. And then I'll offer you know, three or 30% of my kind of lower end pieces, the kind of more mm. kind of affordable ones. So then, you know, if you're, a, if you're a customer coming in, you know, hopefully the majority of you're seeing is that middle price bracket. But if you can't quite stretch that, there are some more affordable pieces, which sometimes seem, if there's only three of them, you want to snap them up slightly quicker because you don't want mm. them to all kind of run out. Whereas if you come in and you think, oh, I really like that big one, but it's a little bit too expensive. But actually, look at these middle range ones. I can afford this. Yeah. I'm going to grab this because, you know, one day it could reach the price of this sort of top end. So you get this interesting psychology of when you kind of look is, at that full breadth. It is very interesting. I mean, I have a friend who's a printmaker and he has a policy when he gets to the end of an edition and he's got one left to sell, he charges more money for it. No, because it's the only one left. Now, this isn't something that I've ever done, but this is something he does. And he says it's quite interesting because a couple of shows he's had, 
the picture that's the higher price is the same size and sort of same type as the others. And he'll put them on the wall. So there'll be six that look the same, except that one will be maybe 20% more expensive. And he says it's often the one that sells first. How interesting. Isn't well, it's, it? It's, it's, it's clearly oh, it's tried and tested. Special, you know. and yeah, it, it obviously yeah. works well for him. And yeah. you know, it's, it's quite an interesting concept that. I mean, it wouldn't really work well for me because my prints are all different sizes and things. I couldn't do that in a sort of mm. sensible way that would make any sense but um it is it is interesting the psychology of why people buy and we see it all the time i don't know about you if you if you're buying a car or if you're buying a house or if you're buying you know a piece of furniture quite often the it's a, it's a clever sales technique where they'll show you the kind of the thing that you dream about being able to mm. own and want but you actually can't and then you know they'll show you the cheaper stuff and you want something better than that and of course you end up sort of in that kind of happy medium in the middle yeah. where you think well you you feel more comfortable to rest on that whereas you probably wouldn't feel as comfortable resting in that middle bracket if you hadn't seen the bottom or the, the top no. end extremes well, I can certainly attest to that because I've just we've just invested in a new mattress and we did exactly that. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> fortunately, we didn't climb on the five thousand pound mattress, <laughs> but we did. Yeah, we did. We did end up in the middle, you know, because yeah. there is very much that feeling that you you want to sort of treat and you maybe spend a little bit more than you thought. So yeah. it works for prints as well. I see people doing that. Uh, when they're choosing choosing artwork, but there's also um, something about the the, the 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 kind of the more high end piece mm. because it's because it stands out and it's unique and special. There may be a circumstance where a customer will splash on out on that because it's a special circumstance. I don't know whether yes. it's a birthday or an anniversary where they really want to sort of make a bit more of a statement on what they're deciding to purchase to you know, celebrate the reason why they're buying it. So to have that kind mm-hmm. of top end to say this is the extra special, most you know brilliant, worthy of me because it's my top price. That doesn't mean it just needs someone who's very very rich. That might just be a reason why someone wants to take that home. Absolutely. I mean, I always, always love it when you get somebody who's being just a bit show-offy and it's like, oh, have two, darling. That's that's my favourite <laughs> phrase. Um, but I have also had uh, a couple of groups of friends in and one will buy a print and the other one will be, well, well, we're having one too then if you're having one. You know, it's this, I love that kind of peer pressure that goes on. That can be a really lovely way of, of, of winning sales there. So. Well, I think what we'll do is, well, definitely there's, there's lots more kind of little interesting sale te- tips and techniques that I know both yeah. you and I and lots of artists do but that's much sure. more kind of do face to face so we'll definitely do an episode on sort of face to face selling and the way that you can in- get people more engaged with your work and hopefully taking it um, away with them uh, but for now is there what uh, takeaway do we have for uh, this episode today so Peter the takeaway this week is while having a consistent pricing formula is essential it doesn't mean that you shouldn't sell affordable options alongside your higher price work you need to remember that a first time buyer buying a small piece may become a lifelong collector Thank you, Laura, and thank all of you for listening. Remember, you can catch up with all the stuff we've covered during this episode and all our previous episodes on our show notes at askanartistpodcast.com. And do you have an episode you'd like Laura and I to discuss? Simply send us a message via our website and maybe we'll chat about it, which will help us to help you too. 